All right, we're back. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, I guess it's 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 me just jumping in here. I caused the the computer. Maybe it's the sudden good looks. I don't know. Walter brought bad juju. <laughs> so apologize about that. So we're obviously we're gonna make it a little bit quicker this morning. Um, you know, I'm gonna jump straight into uh, kind of the, the the meat of the message that that Dave had for us this morning. I'm going to start with a story. Um, he says, a man one day had two cows. He told his wife that he was going to sell one cow and keep the revenue for themselves. Then he also said that he would sell the other cow and give the revenue to God. The next day, the man came into the room where his wife was sitting, and his face gave off the appearance that he was sad. What's wrong, she asked. The man paused, considered his words, and then replied, God's cow just died. And, and the point of this message was that uh, sometimes you know we have some good intentions, and in this story... Uh, he had some good intentions. You know, he wanted to to give some to God, but he also wanted to to take care of himself first. And and I think what's so important as as Christians, as believers, um, is that we've got to be careful um, because sometimes when we try to take on things first, uh, when we try to you know settle what we want first, uh, we can miss out on really the opportunity that God has for us. And and. Uh, you know, in Matthew six thirty three, it says, "But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you." you know, we've we got to understand that God has bigger plans for us. God wants to do more uh, for us, and so although sometimes it's hard um, because we've got some maybe some selfish uh, reasonings, um, God just wants to do more for us, and I think it's important. And I talked about um, briefly before we got knocked off. I was listening to a podcast this morning on my way in, and. Uh, he talked about don't uh, don't confuse movement with progress, and, and how I kind of will tie those two together is sometimes again we can have all the the best intentions, um, and we feel like we're doing all the right things. And you guys may uh, kind of know what I'm talking about, where um, you just you have the best intentions, and you feel like you're doing a lot of God's work. You feel like you're doing a lot of good, um, but then you realize it's just not quite you know, uh, getting the result you wanted, the, the the progress isn't there, although you felt you were really busy. I don't know if you guys have ever experienced that. Uh, I think it kind of goes here. This this man had great intentions, you know, he had great intentions, but uh, at the end of the day, he, he put his own things first, and, and God's, you know, vision, God's plans were kind of thwarted in this situation. I mean, what do you guys think? I was muted. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, I mean, I think it's definitely something to, um, it's important to keep it in mind for the most part that, you know, as much as your intentions are always, whether they're in the right headspace or wrong headspace, it's important to be aware of how you're being perceived by others and how you're being perceived, um, especially by people that are, that you consider important to you. Um, I'm trying to decide, do I want to throw him on screen with our overlay, even though it says David Villa on it? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> At this point, it is what it is. I mean... Let's go for it. Um, What's up, Walter? Hey, everybody. That's some, all of us, the whole crew. Sometimes um, uh, sometimes it's, like it's, it's kind of hard to distinguish between your attentions and God's attentions, if that makes sense, because sometimes you feel like you're doing the right thing, but you don't know if it's from your selfish intentions or it's from God's, if that makes sense. The... Uh, the biggest thing is when, um, you know, we've talked about it probably for the past two weeks straight up on this podcast. Um, when we try to put our plans first, 
you know, I said it yesterday, not that it was a mic drop and that I really liked it. I just said it. Um, the shortcut's not a shortcut. A shortcut is a setback. Yeah. When we try to put our plans first, when we try to put our desires first above what God has intended for us, we're always going to kind of get, lack of a better term, punched in the throat. Um, you know, I talked about it yesterday when I, um, when I first started getting into ministry and playing, um, I'm a drummer. I was told, you know, I, you know, God told me you will, you know, influence thousands of people. And that always to me was, um, you know, I'm going to be on the big stage. I'm going to be famous. You know, I'm going to play with, you know, Hillsong or Elevation or any of these major bands or something like that, or whatever, whatever band I'm in is going to rise to that level. And, you know, I, for a few years, I chased that, you know, I want to get better. I want to be famous. I was doing things to try to push myself up. And ultimately what I ended up being was going, this really isn't where I'm going to end up in my life. And I allowed myself to let my dream and kind of almost like my flesh take over in that dream and kind of interpret it its own way versus how God really meant it. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's important to go back to the verse, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. You know, I know there's been several times in my life where, um, you know, I, I mapped out a plan and very similar to you, I, I, I had dreams, I think in my senior photo in I, my senior yearbook, it says I want to be a rock star, I'm going to be a rock star, something like that. <laughs> uh, here I am, you know. Um, but no, I, I remember, you know, I had all these plans. I, I want to give God glory, but I want to, you know, do it in this way. And I think sometimes, you know, like you said, you can have the best intentions. I had every intention to, to want to serve God but I wanted to serve God in the way that I visioned it, not necessarily in, in response to maybe how he wanted to direct me. And if you look at even several situations, uh, you know, there's several athletes that, you know, uh, had, had all the stuff in front of them to be successful athletes, to be professionals, and, and God has taken away their ability, whether it was a torn ACL or some kind of injury. But then they've gone on to do greater things, um, you know, I think it's important to, to remember that, that, you know, God has some great plans for us, and sometimes it doesn't look exactly like we think it's going to look. Um, you know, I've shared this with you guys. Uh, I haven't shared that uh, with the podcast, but just like my wife and I, we had plans, you know, uh, when we talked about being parents, our, our plans for that looked a lot different than they looked now. Right. Um, we have five adopted kids. Um, one, I never, didn't ever think that I was going to be a father of five. Um, but that's what God had a vision for me. And I probably delayed it a little bit because I, I had a picture of how it was going to look. Right. You know, um, and, you, and I think we get caught up in that. You do. And you, you get a, you either get a, you either get a, you know, somebody will prophesy over you or you'll get, you know, God telling you what, what your future is going to look like. And it's, it's, sometimes he's very, very specific. Like you will be doing this and you will be here at this point in your life. And sometimes it's very vague. Like mine was. And you're left to interpret it. And, you know, um, I've talked about this before. I have a tattoo on my arm that says, you know, freedom releases my shame. I don't regret the path that I went down. I learned a lot of hard lessons. And it has shaped me into who I am today. And I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Don't get me wrong. I don't like making mistakes. But I've made mistakes along the way. And when you make mistakes, like I said, it's not a mistake. Uh, it's only a failure if you stop. Mm -hmm. a, mistake just, a mistake is just learning. And like I said, I learned a long time, you know, when I first started playing, when I first, you know, 
when I first started playing and I started getting people telling me, you know, you're really good at this for, you know, the amount of time you played, like, you're really, really good at this, you know, I started getting an ego about it. And that was the first thing God dealt with me on was my ego. He's like, don't ever forget that I gave you this gift and I can easily take it away. Don't ever forget that. You know, it's funny that you say that. I, I do remember, um, you know, without taking up the whole podcast about it, but, um, you know, I, I was a musician. I loved music, uh, wrote a lot of songs, played in churches, um, you know, went to church camps and played at different church camps and stuff. And I really thought God was prepping me for this. And um, as soon as God took away a couple things uh, out of my plans, and one of those was my wife and I got married and we start, you know, wanting to have kids and that's not a reality. Um, I kind of got angry at God that, that this plan wasn't, you know, happening the way I thought. And um, I honestly, I, I got worse and worse at my music gift. Um, yeah. and, and it was like, look, if you're not going to have the right mindset, if you're not going to have the right heart, I can't have you on stage. If you're not going to put you me know? first, that was what happened to me. I, um, when I was really, I was really cocky about my playing and I thought, you know, I was the hottest thing that had come out since sliced bread. And I was with my youth band and we went to play at a larger church. I was with, it was way back when, when we were with, was that now boarding? Yes. Oh, my Yes. Gosh. Ezra's sister was in the band with me, oh and we gosh. were we actually ended up playing at, I don't remember the name of the conference. Uh, it was at Winterfest, I think. At Winterfest, which was like, that was the time I played in front of 20,000 people. Yeah, that was it. But leading up to that, we had played at a bunch of churches to try to just, you know, raise some money. And I remember the first church we went to play at, I was extremely cocky about what I, who I was, and I bombed that mm-hmm. night. Like, I was terrible. Like, my dad even looked at me, and he goes, I don't know what, but you were terrible tonight. <laughs> Which that's what that I love about my dad. Like your dad. I don't, that's what I love about my dad. My dad <laughs> does not pull punches. Exactly like he dad. is. He is. Ex- he will tell <laughs> he you exactly. Yes, but he is extremely honest. Yeah. And that was the first time I got humbled, and that was when I was sitting there and I was like, I was just thinking to myself, and God said, "Don't forget, I gave you this gift. Mm-hmm. I can easily take it away." And I had put myself above what God wanted, yeah. and that was the fir- that was the first time I learned. I'm like, okay. Don't, don't, don't get cocky. <laughs> don't, don't over it. Don't let God not be the first thing. So now, you know, I tell this to everybody, um, any worship team that I've ever been in since that point, before I walk up, whether you call it a stage, I've, you know, I've been told in my life, don't call it a stage. Um, whether you walk up on a stage, the platform, the altar, whatever word you refer to, um, and this, ha- this applies to everything in your life. Before you wake up in the morning, the one thing I always said was the moment I walked across that threshold, to that stage was, God, don't let anything I'm about to do be anything other than for you. Yeah. That was one thing I saw um, at Wes's church that he was at. They had, right before you walked onto their stage from the back, they just had a very simple, clean sign and it just said, it's not about you. You know what I mean? Like, this is not your show. This is not your, you can have all this stuff planned, all the lights, all the visuals, whatever. It's not for you. It's not your intent. It's my intent. It's my purpose. It's what we're here to do, which is lead others. And so I think it's definitely easy for us to get caught up and like decide, you know, we know what's best, even in a even when we think we're doing it in the best way possible for, you know, religious purposes or for, you know, philanthropic purposes, philanthropic Philanthropic? Is that how you say philanthropic? it? Philanthropic? Philanthropic. I've never said that before. I've yeah. just said philanthropy and philanthropist, but I've never said philanthropic. <laughs> philanthropic. But you know what I mean? But the point is, is that we can have the best intentions, like you said, but when it comes down to it, if it's not the right process or the right way that it's supposed to be done, how it's supposed to be done his way, 
then it's not what it's supposed to be. Well, I think we can transition a little bit too on how to put God first um, and, and to seek him first. We, we are an instant gratification society, um, and so sometimes waiting is really difficult. Um, and, and I'll tell you, I'm reminded of a song um, Anthony Evans um, wrote, and it called, it's called, I think, Silence is the title of it. But he talks about, you know, maybe you're speaking in the silence um, and, and just about kind of resting in that moment. Um, and, and I think in order to seek him first, in order to, to let God move, um, sometimes we got to pause a little bit too. Um, you know, we can put all the great ideas in, in place, but uh, if we try to jump ahead of God, the, the we're, we're kind of trying to go ahead of God in yeah. a sense, and we can kind of mess up some things. So I think it's really important too that in prayer and and just that that patience of just saying, God, I want to seek you first. Here's what I would like to do. Here's what I'd love to see happen. And I think these are some great things, but I don't know. I don't want to do it without you because I know that you're you can make this 10 times better than anything I could ever imagine. So um, let me pose a question just uh, to everybody listening, um, whether you're listening on Spotify, you're watching us live on Facebook, um, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening or watching. You ever ever hear God speak, you interpret that, and then get mad at God when you fail because you're like, this is what you told me to do. (laughs) This is what I'm supposed to do. You ever get mad? Has that ever happened to you? Like straight up, like you're just like, I did what you said. Yeah. And then God's like, no, you didn't. <laughs> well, you I, did not do what I said. You I can, did your own thing. Yeah, I can use the example. My way would have worked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can use the example even, like, again, with my, my wife and I, um, you know, I wanted to be a father. And I'm like, here I am. I'm preaching. I'm, I'm leading worship. You know, I, I'm, I'm giving my tithes. I'm doing all these great things. And you're not letting me be a dad? What in the world? Yep. You know? I remember that was such a hard thing for me, and I was angry with God over it because I was like, I mean, what more do I have to do here? Um, I feel like I'm doing everything. Um, so, yeah, I definitely have had those where I'm just like, what is up? <laughs> and we talk, you know, we talk, um, we've talked on the show before about, like, where the enemy will come from. And I don't want this to be confused. That's not necessarily the enemy coming against you. That's your own flesh and your own. That's just you being a human when that happens. When you interpret God's plan your own way, that's your flesh taking over that's where you that's where you have to always check yourself always yeah i don't think it's uh you know it's not an abnormal thing to to be angry with god um by any means um i think what's important as believers um and like not only as as me but uh for myself but me as a believer and a supporter of of sam um you know i want to continue to pray for him and even though he may not see kind of the vision at that moment, uh, that's why it's so important that you surround yourself by, you know, believers and, and, and positive people that can help you see through that to where you don't get stuck in it. And I don't want to always reference back to music. It's just the one thing I've, I've spent years upon years doing. Um, one of my biggest breakthroughs, I was angry at God. I had walked up on stage, and we had gone to play the first song, and I, I had a lot going on in my life. Um, it was... I won't go too into it, but um, there was an issue between my parents and my sister and things that she was doing in her life that had kind of come to a boiling point um, between them. And I was so mad. And I I remember literally the first song finished. We were in this transition phase, and my leader was praying. And I 
text the sound guy, I said, mute my mics. And I flat out yelled at God in the cage, in, on stage in front of anybody that was watching. And from that moment, the rest of the service went amazingly. And I remember coming off, and we were all talking after service, and somebody just went, did anybody notice what happened? And I was like, what do you mean? They're like, after the first song, something changed. And it was like that release of that anger and God giving me a peace just for me to vent that out suddenly changed. And I, that's what you, when you said you surround yourself by people, everybody else on that team, because we were close, all felt it. And it moved every single person. So when you're surrounded by people, not only will they know when you're struggling, they'll know when you have a breakthrough and they're there for yeah, you. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's important to you. Sometimes just the acknowledgement of your feeling is uh, what's needed to, to progress, you know? Um, it's, it's just like I tell my employees, I tell my kids, like, I can't help you if you don't, you know, ask questions to me or if you don't tell me what's wrong. Um, now, now, God knows our heart, but he needs us to, to ask for that help, you know? He wants to give it, but he wants you to first kind of acknowledge and, and, and invite him in to help. And so I don't think it's a, a bad thing. And, and just like you said, it wasn't that you were, were angry and then said, okay, now do this, this, and this. You're like, I'm just, I'm mad. Yeah. I just want you My to frustration that. had built to such a yeah. point that I was like, I don't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. And it's it just, funny, too. Like, we look at it almost as, like, a proactive relationship on God's part. Like, <laughs> we're expecting God to show up. We're expecting him to do these things. We're expecting him to have this purpose laid out on a silver platter for us to just eat off of and just live the best life possible. And yet... We don't have that same expectation in a sense, like, or it can get lost in translation sometimes to where that, like, we just, the expectation reaches a point of laziness and it reaches a point to where we say, we don't have to do anything more than what we're already doing instead of realizing that where are the places that we're lacking, where he's not lacking, we are lacking and we're not putting enough effort. We're not putting that extra step, even though we think according to our specific you know guidelines that were like oh i'm doing everything i should be doing mm-hmm. but are you like you know what i mean like have you asked him you know what i mean like did you ask him to show you if you're doing everything correctly or did you just assume because you think that you're doing the best things and that you're doing those right things that that means that that's just it no there's more to it than that and it's not fair to just like anything else i expect someone to give back what i put forth in a situation that it's supposed to be equal now, if I take on the responsibility of overstepping that, which is what he's already done for us, but if I take on that responsibility, I don't have that same expectation. But at the same time, I expect something and some effort if you want to reap something out of it too. Absolutely. And then I think even uh, situations like, I mean, think about when he's feeding, uh, you know, 5,000. Think, think about the people as they came to God and they're like, uh, we don't have enough. You know? <laughs> um, he's like, bring, like bring me bring I me just, the food yeah, yeah just, yo just, how are you gonna feed everyone yeah there's no way let me take care of that though like, <laughs> could you just imagine the, the look on their face like um how do we do this <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I, I think it's you know going back again like just letting god do his thing putting him first yeah. um you know think about if if they would have said guys we don't have enough let's just scrap this mm-hmm. you know i don't want them to see what little we have because that might make them even more hungry let's just let's just throw this aside. Instead, God was like, no, give me what little you have because I promise you I'm going to multiply it and I'll take care of it. And then it's just like, whoa. Yeah. Uh, um, 
I normally wrap up with the song of the day, and this one I got a little bit more exposition than I normally have. Um, so I, I've used this song before, and it's probably one of the most well-known Christian songs in the world, which is How He Loves. Um, well, the reason I thought of it is when we were talking about, you know, when our plan, when we put ourselves first and it doesn't go according to plan, we get very frustrated, we get angry. And what's crazy is this is probably one of the most well-known, well-recognized songs that everybody loves. And it's talking about God's love in every facet, and plus not everything we can even cover. But what's crazy is it was literally written from a place of, like, over-the-top anger at God. Like, John Mark McMillan, who originally wrote this song, literally said, I was so frustrated and angry at God Mm -hmm. when I wrote this song. So I thought it was really cool of what we were talking about, that that's kind of the backstory to how he ended up coming to probably it's one of the most famous. Probably the most well-known. The most famous Christian praise and worship song of all time. One of his first live versions. I mean, he's crying through the second verse, you know, uh, because it's Because this song was was his breakthrough Mm -hmm. from that. And that was what, that's why it just, it made me think of that today. So. 100%. All right, guys. Well, Well, sorry for the rough start this morning. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Rough start, you know. (laughs) <laughs> it gotta love it. Yeah, it happens. Well, we pray that you guys all have a great day. Uh, be encouraged, you know, and let's uh, let's go out and seize the day. All right. Absolutely, we out. <laughs>